This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean, and I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the In Demand Account with Sam Dean. I'm Sam Dean, and today I'm going to open up for discussion the topic measuring success in our industry, the three main blocks. This is really the follow-up to my interview with Robin Jacobson from the Tax Institute that was on the podcast in the previous two episodes. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, go back and do it because it was a brilliant conversation and timely for our industry right now and also leads in to what is some of the blocks around what Robin was talking about and how we actually need to expand. So off we go. Enjoy the show. Well, today I really want to drill down on following up with some of the stuff that Robin said and a few challenges going forward. Some things I've been hearing from our clients and also from the general industry at large around some you know, fundamental problems that are coming up, and I think some of these actually link back to what we discussed with Robin over the last couple of weeks as well. So a few things I've heard which seemingly unrelated, but I think they are all actually related, you know, from my clients and, and also from the, their staff that I've been interviewing and then also you know, new, new people to our systems and then, you know, looking at LinkedIn and stuff. The first one, you know, going back to what Robin was talking about and what we were drilling down, and there were so many things, but the one thing that stood out for me is, you know, this undervalue of what we actually do on a day-to-day. So how can we get the market to really understand our value? And I think another thing that stems through that, and we're certainly seeing this in the staff interviews, is that we, um, as accountants, really want to be valued as well. So I think by, you know, having that disconnect, and it's very important that our clients understand what we do every day as to what's important and then we're valued. Now, that's from a market perspective, but what we're also seeing is, you know, are we actually valued in the businesses, particularly given the way that we're measured around productivity? I'm going to drill down on that. So that's one aspect that we are feeling a little bit undervalued as an industry, particularly with what's going on at the moment. And then we need to get out to the SMEs themselves and really, you know, promote what we do and how actually important it is. So that's, you know, very much about we want to feel valued. The second one which stems to that is that we are actually losing, and I'm going to say, you know, more particularly women, but also men to other industries and other places. So we, you know, we go through the tax and stuff. And this has happened, you know, over my career, which is just on 30 years now. And I actually also left the industry in 2002 
because, uh, you know, a bit of an over, overwhelm of what was going on and I always said about tax. But I actually left it too because, you know, I was promised partnership and, and things didn't happen and I was quite disillusioned, you know, with actually working within the industry itself. So I actually left the industry and then later came back with that desire to really help business owners and really, you know, do that through accounting practices because I thought that that's definitely where we need to sit and have obviously then grown um, this business that I sit in today from that as well. That stems back to the value and how we actually look at that. Another thing I'm hearing, and I've heard it twice in the last two weeks, said to me directly and the same words from different people, that advisory itself is a unicorn, that, you know, we have been trying to do this many for many years. The two particular firms that I was working with, one of them's had a lot of people in trying to help them shift from compliance, you know, into the more the advisory. And the other one was a guy who definitely had worked at it pretty hard, but still couldn't quite get the success of it going because of his definitioning and everything as well. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I was sort of drilling down that, is it actually a unicorn? And by unicorn, they mean, and I mean that we hear it exists, but we haven't actually ever seen it. So that's another interesting topic. And I think that that in itself will become a, a, you know, maybe even a standalone podcast going forward. But the thing I want to connect back to today is this, this value issue and how we actually value and measure and what, you know, what our actual businesses are looking at and why some of that actually blocks value. So just reiterating the three key areas that I'm going to try to you know, brainstorm a little bit today and, and really sort of work through and why I think this is happening and then over the next five to six weeks try to actually give some solution to this and talk to a few people as well. So because I think this is really important because obviously people are our most important asset and we need to be able to value and message that one of the reasons that advisory is a bit of a unicorn and perhaps we haven't been able to do it is because of, you know, this reason as well. So let's reiterate. We're not being valued in the marketplace for what we do every day. And because of that, and then this is again what a client says as well, we are unsure that if they're not paying us for what we do every day, why would they then go and pay us for something else, such as advisory, whatever that might mean to you? So that's the first one, value in the marketplace and then how we actually value ourselves. The second one, we are losing people. So I was having a conversation with a, wasn't actually an accountant, but someone within our industry saying, you know, I look at these businesses and they don't have the style of people that we need to grow this sort of stuff. And that's because, you know, the style of people that we've got in our industry right now, any kind of businesses that grow and grow and change, we need to keep those people definitely, but we need to also add to the mix different styles of personalities to do the different styles of things as well. And then also, obviously, going back to the value, one of the reasons is that the styles of people that we have actually work really well underneath the productivity model that we have. And the third thing, as I said, is actually why can't we grow advisory or why can't we actually look at and grow into that? So let's drill down. I think the fundamental thing with all three of those is actually how we measure success within our businesses, how our actual business model is set up as well. Now, I've discussed previously around the model is that we don't have business development, you know, sales or, or any of that sort of stuff because we haven't had to. 
you know, with the ATO. But another thing that's fundamentally missing from our businesses is the actual areas that build new product and actually look at stuff and advisory or any kind of different system outside compliance or the tax advisory areas are actually different products. And we've never actually had to look at this before because our product, our basic product, which is still about 85% of our turnover, income tax returns, buses, et cetera, have been around since 1911. So we've never actually had to build process research if the clients actually wanted it or any of that sort of stuff within our businesses. So we don't have that mindset at all. We don't have areas within our business that gets rewarded for looking at those sort of businesses. So again, it comes back again to measurement. And then the other aspect is, is, is actually how we measure success, both for ourselves as owners and then also you know, our staff. And obviously the one key thing that most firms measure I'm not saying all, but most firms measure and the easiest to measure is productivity or recoverability or any kind of efficiency piece around that. Now, I had a really super interesting conversation around that and that really opened my eyes up. I fundamentally, I think, knew that somewhere in the back of my head. But if you think about productivity, if we're wanting our staff to have more soft skills and we're even spending money as some progressive firms do on developing better communication, better conversation. And, you know, we do these once stuns, we don't put it into our every day, but at least we're trying. And then they come back to their work and their day-to-day and they still need to do 70 or 80% productive. So how do they do that? They go back to what they're already doing and they make themselves productive. So while it's a good measurement for the production side of things, it's not for expanding and growing. And the other aspect of this is quite often, even with progressive firms, we reward our staff for having new clients. But most of our gold and most of our stuff actually sits in developing our existing clients. So we need to actually measure that. I've done it in the firms I've owned and is bringing in new clients. There's a, either a 20% or a 10% you know, of the first fee. But there's nothing for a growth and because our actual systems can't measure it of how we actually expand and grow our existing clients. And, of course, advisory, the unicorn that we're talking about, actually grows clients. So if you're not being rewarded for having to change and learn the skills, which take time and are new, and, you know, you can go back and just churn out your productivity and you'll get your raise and you'll get extra money or you go and get new clients which isn't developing the ones you've already got, which is where your gold is, and it actually costs six times more to get a new client than it does to grow an existing one. You know, our systems don't readily available to do that. So that's one of the key areas, I think. And because of all those measurements and because of people wanting to grow in areas and not just do production stuff, we are losing people as well because of that. So they're going to areas that are more innovative are more gross stuff and have measurement around that. And I think that that stems into my next point now of how we actually measure success. So we measure success for our staff and everything, but as a career progression, you know, obviously, you know, working through our systems over time, a lot of the time you become a partner because you've been around for a long time. Now, you could be very good at that and stuff, but if you want to get new styles of people in or whatever into ownership, I have been at the back end of this in my career quite a lot as well. We either say we're going to make people partners and we don't. 
Um, we might intend to, but we haven't got a measure and, and they're not living up to our expectations, even though we haven't documented it and explained those. And then we progress because, you know, you've been there 13 years, so then the partnership is the next one out. And you may, you know, if you've got new people coming in, a senior accountants and stuff, they've had their experience somewhere else. That kind of comes frustrating. Now, this is very much a subconscious bias. It's not a, a conscious thing. But you see it all the time, and it is one of the frustrations when we do the staff interviews as well. You know, I came in here thinking that there was partnership available, and it's not. Or you've got really talented people in there who might not be a tax accountant or even a professional who would be very keen to go into some kind of business ownership but our structures and our agreements. And then, of course, the other issue to that, which I'm not going to drill down on today because I just don't have the time at this point, but it's very passionate to my heart, is that we don't actually allow part-time owners either. And a lot of our partnership agreements, et cetera, don't allow either, you know, males or females, it doesn't matter, part-time, you know, 54% of qualified people are now females. So that really blocks that a little bit as well. Also, you know, as we go forward into the future, it should be available for anybody, male or female, to be able to have part-time ownership and then the investments structured around that, but the obviously salary and then remuneration on performance is not. So, you know, that's some of the blocks that we have. So that's really the fundamental reasons as to why advisory is a unicorn because we actually don't have the systems and we haven't actually clarified what success looks like. So it's very difficult for people to go and do that. And it's so easy for us to go back and because we make good money out of the compliance and stuff, but as we want to go into the future, we know we have to change that, but we're not sure why it's not working, and that's definitely one of the reasons. Then, you know, how we actually value ourselves, or when you're only being valued around one number or productivity stuff, you know, going back into the corner and actually, you know, getting that work pumped out and not spending time getting curious and stuff with your clients, not spending time going out and actually explaining to people and educating people why we're so important. Yes, the ATO says that you have to lodge with us, but it doesn't explain. So they do come in and it's more of a pain or or Panadol purchase as opposed to vitamins. But we also want them purchasing off us, you know, additional tax advice around planning and structuring. We have to actually go out and explain that. And we're not rewarded for that in our systems because it's hard to record that. They're more difficult measurements. And there needs to be actually new skills and, and new businesses. And, you know, we don't have that in there as well. So that's really what I wanted to talk about today is this problem awareness around we want to grow as an industry. And we, we so we should. We should be the central advisors. And as we were discussing over the last couple of weeks, even if that is just around tax and the protection piece is so important with businesses. Because if they grow and you, they even implement some of the growth, if they're not protecting and complying and they've grown and they've actually implemented, then those steps are actually irrelevant because they could lose it all with either compliance, paying too much tax, not in the right structure, or not being protected you know, through the tax planning, succession planning, and not actually having their wealth protected. So those areas were fabulous at, but we kind of – don't either, either concentrate on them or we haven't got that reward system going around actually growing that and actually developing and the business development stuff. And 
again, you know, we come back to the actual business model that we have that has to start shifting. Now, we still, our biggest challenge to this, of course, is that we have to do this change within the system that we already have. Productivity and measuring and our old style of businesses have been successful since, you know, the early 1900s still exists and still is quite successful. So you don't want to throw the bathwater out. So how do you create this change and successful measurement within the structure and in the infrastructure of the compliance-driven businesses so that you can actually empower your people and actually help them develop change over time and also know that they're valued and get out and about? So this is a big challenge for us because we don't want to throw the bathwater out, as I said, the baby out with the bathwater. But we do have to acknowledge that we do need to start shifting it forward. So how do we actually do that? Because people have actually been telling us what to do for a very long time, but they haven't got to the core problem, the problem to be aware of. Now, the problem to be aware of is that we don't have some of these skill sets and we don't have some of the measurements. We still have to set our compliance and we still have to be efficient in that and we still have to service that because it is super important, but we also have to grow. So how do we do that within the structure? So how do we start to address this if, if you actually agree? I mean, obviously everything I've said is my opinion, but I work in this area a lot and I've had to do a lot of change myself. So the first thing I think we really need to do is become much more problem aware And by doing that just in our own businesses and our own industry, then that will actually help us develop the skills so we can actually really hone down on what our clients are and what the problem awareness is. Because normally the problem that we're faced with, for instance, advisory is a unicorn and and we know we've tried it before and we can't, is actually not what the problem is that we're trying to solve. And it takes a couple of layers to get down to it. So really start thinking and asking the question around, you know, what is the actual problem? And then understand the blocks that might have been getting in your way, you know, to develop any kind of change. And they usually are around, you know, what are the external blocks? So is it people constantly like clients or the ATO or COVID, you know, really just dumping stuff that I have to either, I feel that I have to urgently, you know, do it. So, you know, can I work on some of them and really understand what the blocks are? Now, the next block usually is internally. You know, our old, and this is, you know, something I always have to work on and I think everybody does. We've been doing this a long time. Some of us have been doing this a long time. The industry has been around a long time. It's one of the oldest professions. It goes back to the 1600s. And then tax actually, you know, in Australia goes back to the 1911, but the industry is much older than that. We have internal things that we've learned and that we've been taught to make us very effective, you know, in that old structure. But we have to undo some of that stuff. And one of the biggest internal things that we have to really look at is fatigue and, you know, stress, which is very big in our industry, and we need to look at it. So really start to understand the external blocks, internal blocks, and then the other one that we, you know, need to look at is our habits and actually how we measure that. So the actual structure of our businesses themselves could be a block as well. So really just think about yourself as like, well, what have I wanted to do recently or what have I wanted to do over time and really be very honest about actually what was getting in the way. And the next thing is to do is to look at, you know, is there things that I do every day? So don't try to really just go, I'm going to change everything. 
you know, change doesn't come around that way. And what we do every day is super important. So we don't want to get, you know, you know, but look at your end of year and try to actually put some process around it. We've talked about this in the previous podcasts. If you want to go back to some of the earlier ones, we're going to drill down on this, but renovate what your actual jobs is and do this one little step at a time, five to 10% of your day, like set it up for success. Then also look at, you know, some of the efficiency habits that you might have around your external blocks, you know, letting people jump in and talk when you haven't scheduled it or clients going over meetings, you know, they came to discuss tax and they ended up discussing a whole lot more and then, you know, you know, really looking at that. So what I would like to do is we've now highlighted the problem. I hope it's a little bit more problem aware is over the next six to seven weeks, we'll drill down on that. We'll also get some people in to help us you know, really look at some of these problems. The cool thing about what we do, particularly as tax accountants, is that because our businesses are already have this constant flow of revenue and good clients, that we need to do small amounts of changes over time and work within that, that we're not starting from scratch or there's no significant changes, you know, right now that need to be happened, but we do need to progressively get change in our behavior and in our business models into what we do every day and then work within the system that we already have. So because the system that we have has actually worked to date, but we do know that we have to shift it and we have to start doing that quite fast. It's fast for us, not fast for other style of businesses. So we're not starting up from scratch. We have this beautiful foundation to go from, but we really need to look at and get very problem aware so we can actually launch into the future. So we are actually valued that doing different styles of in the businesses such as advisory is not something that's out of reach and is a unicorn, that we are seeing it more and more and more because we fundamentally start changing step by step the actual foundations of the skill levels of our people and then the actual foundations of the business as well. So that's great news going forward. We know how to do it. We've done it ourselves. And I've got, I've got an absolute belief that we can do this in our industry so that I want you to have that belief too. So join me over the next few weeks and months and, you know, let's get this next stage so we can all start being not just in-demand accountants but then also getting our businesses that they're in-demand and that the actual marketplace itself really starts understanding just how important we are and how valued we should be. So as you always... Let's continue the conversation and stay both. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sandine and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.